Welcome to the Starfish Storytellers, the podcast that makes a difference one story at a time by bringing storytelling to life. I had been working at an ad agency up here in, up in Massachusetts, small agency, nothing too crazy, um, and became good friends with the um, one of the account executives and, and public relations men. He, after a while, he left the agency. I left the agency. We kind of went our separate ways, but we stayed friends. Um, he called me up and said, uh, I'm going to get married. He was living in California at the time. He says, I want you to come out, be my best man. He says, okay, that's great. So I left from Boston. He was in Philadelphia at the time. So he, we left sort of at the same time, planning to meet up when we landed in San Jose. And uh, there was a delay on my end. So I got there a little late. He waited. He said, something's come up. We can't just go to my house. I have to go into the office and we have a meeting with my ad agency. They're presenting a couple of concepts. So I said, okay, you know, whatever you need to do. Why don't you come along, he said, and, and just sit down in the meeting. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. So off we went. We went to his office. His company at the time was making um, small computer chips that um, computer companies would put into their laptops to enable it to have better sound. So we s sat down in the meeting. The agency presented this ad that they like, their top pick. And if you can picture a two-page magazine spread, left side headline copy, right side full-page photo. The photo was of a laptop with a picture on the screen of a woman, think Casablanca, think Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca with the hat and the suit. All right, can you picture it? The headline said, talk to me, baby. And my friend said, hey, you, you can't really say baby. It's just not, it's kind of, women aren't gonna like that. And a lot of these engineers, they're women, you can't really do that. So the agency people started saying, well, what about like, talk to me, sweetie? Talk to me, honey? And my friend's saying, no, that's not gonna work. That's, that's kind of the same thing. So after back and forth like that a little bit, my friend turned to me who, as I was sitting at the end of the table, just minding my business. And he said to me, what do you think? I said, put a picture of a baby on the screen. And everybody went, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. That works. And that was, that was the answer. Eventually the ad came out and they expanded it just a little bit. Instead of just a picture of the laptop with the baby, they had a father cradling the laptop with the picture of the baby, which was great. And that concept went on, that ad went on to win an award at a, um, Electronics Advertising and Marketing. I can't remember the name of it exactly. It was a long time ago, but uh, I have the, the award here in a box somewhere. But uh, that was that was kind of an interesting story. We were just out of nowhere. I, I, it just it just happens. Sometimes it just happens that way visually. You know, it's like they were approaching it from the words perspective, the copy perspective, whereas mine instantly went to visual.
Hello, my name is Liana Henry and welcome to the Starfish Storytellers. I'm the CEO of the Black Dog Group, a Marcom and project management firm headquartered on the East Coast of the US in Quake Colonial Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm your host and passionate about storytelling. And I'm actually on a mission to raise up the next generation of storytellers. We've named ourselves the Starfish Storytellers after the Starfish Story. The moral of the Starfish Story is based on the power of one. No matter how big the challenge, each action we take makes a difference and has an impact. One step, one starfish, and one story at a time. Every episode, we welcome a new storyteller who will share their story meant to inspire and connect with you. Then we'll break it down and offer tips for any listeners who are ready to tell their own stories. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Today's episode is about storytelling through the visual wizardry of graphic design. And with me today is award-winning graphic designer, visual wizard, and my friend, Jeff Surrett. Jeff has worked in ad agencies and design studios, as well as having his own successful graphic design studio. He's now enjoying his retirement from sunny Florida uh, after having uh, wrapped up his role as a graphic designer for the Secretary of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you. So we just heard your story of how you know, people coming into a room, an agency can can look at something from a to- completely different perspective. You know, the marketers, the wordsmiths um, versus the visual storytellers. Um, you said that it just it just it just came to you, or I think the minute you saw it, you sort of knew that that was the direction it should go in. I think it it. Yeah, I, I pretty much knew as soon as my friend said we can't really use the word baby. Um, I, I uh, just instantly started thinking, well, how can we get around that? I'll just change the picture. Again, coming from a visual perspective and a visual history, that's my my solution wasn't to change the words, but change the image so that it worked with the words. That's one of the things I found over the course of my career that frustrated me a little bit was working when I'm working on something like that with a writer who might be a little lazy, who says, well, you, you just do the design and I'll write the words to fit. And it just just doesn't work that way. You know, it has to be at least a collaboration working at the same time. Um, at least for me, I would really need to... Under, to, to understand the words, understand what we're trying to do. Um, so I would have to read it and analyze it, study it, and let the visuals come from that. And uh, so that's kind of the way I approach this. Leave the words, adapt the visuals so that it works with the words. And who doesn't love babies, right? I mean, everybody. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're going to, you know, I put together a few questions I wanted to ask you. And one of the things that we were going to talk about is how, visual storytelling evokes emotion. And just thinking about how you just told that story, you think about the emotion that it evoked when it was the Casablanca model versus the infant. Two completely emotions where one was kind of uncomfortable and sensitive and the other one was like endearing. And of course, like, why wouldn't you? And I think also from a marketing standpoint, it, it seems like whoever the 
buyers were, they, I think they would be drawn in to the picture with the baby and the man holding the laptop in a completely different way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, I think, was kind of the light bulb moment with the people in the, from the agency and the media uh, in the meeting. I mean, they they kind of said, well, yeah, that would be much better. So, so it was like a win-win. They actually got to keep their words. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's good. Um, did you want to introduce yourself further, do a better job than I did? Um, you pretty much covered it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was, uh, we've talked a little bit about sort of the power of visual stories and I had read that, you know, graphic design has a profound influence in the realm of visual storytelling. It conveys messages, it captivates audiences and it evokes emotions, which is what we just said. And it's a powerful medium for creating impactful visual narratives. So from your, um, going back to your experience, um, like, I don't know when the last time you updated your website was, but you know, it says you've been a story, you've been a, a graphic designer for 20 years, which I'm sure it's been longer than that. Yes. Um, how long have you been a, a graphic designer and, and how did you get started? I mean, did you go to school for this? Were you self-taught? You know, how did, how did you get, and why did, did you choose go, it? I did go to school, um, in high school, junior and senior year, there really wasn't much that interested me like math or English. I mean, I, I scraped my way by, but the only thing I really liked was art and I did pretty well at it. So I said, well, I'll go to art school and see where that goes. And I eventually, originally was going to look at illustration because drawing, painting, I didn't even really know much about graphic design. But once I got into that, I decided that, yeah, this is, this is where I want to go. It'll be, I think, a little bit easier for me to make a living at graphic design than it would mm -hmm. be at illustration. So I went through that, that, uh, that whole thing and graduated and not too long after was, was hired, uh, by a small design studio, one person, um, in Wakefield, Massachusetts. And, uh, it just kind of took off from there. They merged eventually with a small ad agency that didn't have an art department. They did a lot of work with them. Finally said, well, let's make this official and become partners. So I, I uh, stayed with them, worked there for a few years. Um, then there was a partner's divorce and uh, they broke up and I went off to work at another um, design studio, another agent, ad agency up in Salem, Massachusetts for a while. So I kind of bounced back and forth, but I'm pretty much doing the same thing is, is design work and art direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it has been more than, more than 20 years, <laughs> closer to 40. <laughs> But uh, never regretted it for a minute. It's something I've always loved and and enjoyed. So it was uh, was fun. And even now, the only the only downside is you know even now, I'm looking at magazine ads or TV ads or signage on the road or something, and I'm saying, boy, that letter spacing just doesn't look right. And they, why did they pick that color? That doesn't look right. So it's <laughs> it's kind of the curse that I'm living with right now. I'm the same way. It's like every ad on the TV, I'm like, Ooh, that's some good writing, yeah. you know, or like what, I don't know what the message is there. Like, why would they say that? You know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and there we are approaching it from two different ways. I'm looking at the visual part of it. You're looking at the, the words. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Right. Yes. Although I have to say like some visual, I mean, I can see, you know, I am, I am a self-taught graphic designer. I, mm -hmm. um, I, I certainly don't have the same skills you have, but I, um, but I do a fair amount of graphic design, uh, for a lot of my clients. And, um, and I read somewhere that, um, a graphic designer had said, you know, if you're going to do graphic design, it's less about, it's not just about like looking at art. It's at like looking at nature. It's like looking at everything around you. Like how do things fit together? How do colors work together? Mm -hmm. You know, it's really about um, not just like signage and things like that, but um, you know, how shadows fall. Um, I think it's, that's just all part of the things right. that, you, that you know how to do when, you, when you're an artist. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and from a design standpoint, also, as I was saying before, the the words, the story, the that the the copy that you're working with, it all has to flow together with that as well. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, we we've had the pleasure of working together. You were my art director for the Bill Ricca Green magazine. And I know that, you know, I would send you files, folders full of words, you know, documents full of text. And it was basically on you to create the story that was going to jump off the page. And I got a lot of letters to the editor, just people loving what they were seeing, loving what they were reading. Um, so, you know, we can talk about that or we can just, you know, in general, because you've done so much layout for so many different companies. Um, what is your process for creating layouts and sort of making those stories come to life? I think about, um, you know, even just some of the spreads that you did for the green, it was like how you knew how to position things and make them lay out in a way that had flow. Um, again, a lot comes down to reading what the, the story is and working with the visuals that I was either given. Sometimes the writer will have something in mind and he will say, hey, well, here's a photo I think works great with this. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, it would be a matter of just taking that and putting it together in a way that reflects what the copy, what, what the story is about. Um, maybe it's an article on mountain climbing and you've got all these images. Well, maybe you take the text and flow it through the, the images to make it kind of reflect a climb or a decline, you know, as it were. So for me, that's, that was always the most important part was making sure that the things, uh, the pieces work together to reflect the story. Uh, I think, from a design standpoint, we're really, especially in a situation like that with the green, we are, uh, the designers, it's important to kind of supplement the text as opposed to taking over, make it all about the visual. You mm -hmm. know, I'm just there to kind of reinforce what you, what the article is and what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the way I come up with it is just kind of read and and pay attention to what's being said. Mm -hmm. and enhance it. Uh, you've called yourself a visual wizard 
Um, did, yeah. what, what does that mean? I think it kind of kind of goes with what you're saying, but you know, what is what is visual wizardry? When I initially came up with that for my business, um, I was doing a lot of Photoshop work. So I couldn't really say Photoshop wizard because of copyright issues. So I expanded a little bit and that was that part of the business. So initially it was art direction, graphic design, art direction, and visual wizardry. Because many times, like I said, people would just want me to you see this person, we fired him, take him out of the photo, things like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where that came from. I remember one of your, one of your images was like, was a hand on a mouse pad. It must've been one of the ads in the paper or something. And it was, it was just the hand, you know, like has an it yes. or whatever. And I recently had to do um, postcards for a tech company and I needed to have like the finger pointing to the screen, but it had to have the image of the software on the screen. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was multiple layers you know, to get that to happen. And I remember doing it thinking like, yeah, what would Jeff do? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you, you told us a story about when you were first in the ad agency. I know, um, you had your studio for a while and then you went off to the mass Massachusetts state house. Yes. Um, how long were you there? Um, with them at, at the state yeah i was i worked for the secretary for a little over 10 years mm -hmm. um, and you said that you were uh you said that you were um working for the secretary of state and then all the departments under him what were some of the departments you were designing for and what were some of the designs that you were working on there was the typical divisions, the elections division, the corporations division um, that were, those were maybe the more less interesting divisions, let's say, because there's a lot of forms, uh, a lot of things for people to fill out. Um, and of course, dealing with the public, you're dealing with the entire range of people who have maybe a little, only a little bit of schooling or maybe a lot of schooling. So that has to work for everybody. And I mean, everybody. Um, then there were the more interesting divisions such as the Massachusetts archives, the Commonwealth museum, uh, the Massachusetts historical commission. Uh, there, there was some real opportunities to do some interesting work, which gets back into the storytelling because Many times I'm doing exhibits for the, the museum, the Commonwealth Museum, which is like Massachusetts History Museum. And we would do, um, they, there is a permanent exhibit and then there is a kind of a floating exhibit upstairs and they would want an exhibit there. And it consisted of a dozen to 15 um, panels with graphics and images and text. And uh those were fun because you're doing two or three of those a year. You got to make them look a little different. They can't look like the last one. And you want to make the graphics, um, again, tell the story or at least enhance the story of what's being written. So that was a lot of fun working with that and working with the, um, with the archives. Um, 
fascinating. Uh, just many times they'll have seminars and, and things and they will present historical documents, actual documents that they have in the vaults. When I first started there, I was given a tour of the vault and the executive director walked over to uh, like a flat file drawer, opened it up and he took this uh, piece of plastic, like a um, like you'd see in a notebook, all right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's paper inside, hands mm -hmm. it to me. He says, what do you think of this? And I looked down and I said, does that say George Washington? It was some order with George Washington's signature on it. Wow. He said, yeah, that, that's worth about a half a million dollars. So wow. I very, very carefully handed it back to him and said, mm -hmm. thank you. <laughs> so we got to do quite a bit of work with historical documents. And I learned a lot and got a new appreciation for, for history there, um, mm -hmm. reading all that. And it was it was very interesting. For the, the parts of the museum, many times they would present me with images to go with what they're saying because they've done the research. They know where to look for these things. Mm -hmm. But there would be times when there would be something just screaming for an image you know um there was one i remember specifically they talked about importing rum and and things like that and so but there was no visual so i went scouring the internet the stock photos to find some kind of a, a barrel or something that would kind of kind of evoke that feeling and mm -hmm. fortunately i was able to find something and just kind of silhouette it, you know, cut it out of the background and just drop it in. So the text kind of wrapped around it. So you know where it went. And it just makes reading a little more interesting, you know, without a big block of copy, just make it a little more interesting to move around. Did so. you used to do a lot of layering with, um, like I have these visions of like historical museums that I've been in that, that had colonial type artwork, a lot of visual of like, pieces of the constitution, you know, like snapshots of, you know, mm -hmm. pieces of the constitution or old illustrations from like history books of absolutely. Yes, day, absolutely. Yes. You know, in the in the period, you know, in their period clothing and I mean, did you did you do a lot of that? Did you use a yes. lot of that? Yes. Um again, just to make it a little more interesting, a little softer, a lot of times you want to have something let's say in a whole background behind the whole piece. Um, we did a series of boards celebrating uh, women's suffrage. And I found a photo um, of women demonstrating, holding signs, we want to vote, things like that, which I scaled back and made into a, um, instead of a, a softer photo, made it into more of a um, an image that used a dot pattern like a halftone pattern but a really pronounced one so it kind of gave a look of something old and put that screen that way back in the background over all the behind all the images other images that we were using um but yeah that was definitely there was a lot of, of layering of older documents um images of the constitution of the declaration of independence yeah it worked a lot with that mm -hmm. which there is an original on display, the original Massachusetts copy of the Declaration of Independence on display at the Commonwealth Museum. Wow. Yeah, it's a neat place. That is so it's cool. Free. Good to know. Yeah. Know. So we can go visit. <laughs> um, so 
you you talked when we were talking about you know like you, you gave an example of the mountain climber and the copy and how you might you know design that imagery um you know visual storytelling does a really good job of creating sort of those memorable experiences for people who are consuming um, a story as a graphic designer you know you were talking about kind of showing the showing the copy a little love too you know mm -hmm. not just making it graphics are there elements that um that you like you really favor that you um that you think are most effective to capture the audience's attention or do you kind of just sort of use them all? Um, do you do like do you tend to lean into a lot into typography? Is it all about the layout? Is it all about the imagery? Um, I don't know. What do you think matters the most? Um, I think it's a combination of all of it, really. Mm. Um, and again, it depends on the message, what you're trying to say, what you're trying to sell. It really would would depend. Um, Typography, yeah, I think is important more than a lot of people do these days, I think. But uh, yeah, it's it's real. I think it's really a combination of everything. Mm -hmm. What were your what was your opinion about the word blobs? Have you seen those like the sort of, you know, you, you see like somebody who takes like the word marketing and then they have like all these little words all the way around it, like oh, you know, copy yeah. and this and that. Those were very popular for a while. Um, yeah, and uh, they didn't really mean much to me. Yeah, uh, from a graphic design standpoint, and as you can see, they're really not too popular anymore. They're not too popular anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was something. <clears throat> I guess maybe I was a little sheltered. I really didn't understand, and I, 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 I kind of get what they're saying. Mm -hmm. that the bigger things are the more important things, but it it didn't really much mean much mm -hmm. to me. It felt like sometimes when you'd go through sort of the stock image uh, sites, they were just sort of like filler photos or whatever yeah could exactly, grab. Exactly. yeah yeah um we I always like to ask our guests um you know for advice for our audience uh and so is there anything that you if there's somebody out there who wants to be a graphic designer and they're not really sure how to get started or they would love some advice, you know, what, what advice would you pass on? You know, what are some sort of your words of wisdom? Um, I would say probably get some training. Cause I don't think I'd be where I was without, without going to art school and really getting a foundation under me. Um, and look at things, you know, look at packaging design, look at magazine ads, because a lot of times the stuff that's out there is going to be good. Um, not all the time, but once you start looking at that stuff and really recognizing you, you'll be able to recognize what's good and what isn't what works and what doesn't. Um, I mean, you're, you're looking at being a visual communicator, look at things, learn from looking at things. Um, and don't, I think another thing too, is where I was saying, what I was saying about, the visual kind of complementing and enhancing the, the the text and the message. Don't try to make it all about the visuals. Um, it's it, they they really have to work together. Don't don't have an article on on this and you do this beautiful artwork that has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. It just you know it just doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. At least that's the way I've always felt. 
from a more of a commercial standpoint. I mean, have you seen a lot of that? Have you seen um, a fair amount? Yeah. Um, and it always, I don't want to say it bothers me, but it, it, you know, it's like, why, why, <laughs> you know, it's pretty, but it doesn't really help the message at all. Right. Uh, it's almost jarring in a way. It, it, yeah, it can be, it can yeah. be because it's, it's like, where, what do I look at? What, you know, why, why yeah. doesn't go together? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing an article on artwork or, or something like that, that it would work. Yeah, that's fine. But you know, if, if you're doing an ad for peanut butter and you've got, you know, purple flowers, it just doesn't make sense. Right. 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 Now that, that makes sense. So I would so, so I guess my advice would be to, to, to look at things and learn kind of on your own, what, what, why things work together or why things don't. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you very, very much for being our guest. Well, thank um, you for asking. I'm, I'm flattered. Uh, you are such a talented visual storyteller. And oh, um, I think of you often as I'm working in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember some of those days with the green. On and, projects. And in my office like, with you putting all the papers around. Okay, this on this page, this goes over here. This goes yeah. over here. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh my God, it's midnight. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but I try to think about, you know, what what is the story we're trying to tell here? Uh -huh. um, you know, cause I've definitely had clients who they do that. They just basically say, here's, here's a document, um, you know, find some imagery that has this in it and let's make it magical. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's and challenging. And, you know? and it is, I was going to say, sometimes that's hard to do, um, but it can be done. Yeah. I do. I do depend on rounds of revision though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And to our listeners, whether you hear us locally from the BTV studios in Bedford, Massachusetts, or across the globe on such podcast channels as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Prime, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next time. Happy storytelling! Happy storytelling!